This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. Hello, this is a podcast, probably not the one you were expecting. Hello and welcome to episode 235 of the Doctor Who podcast. I'm joined by, I suspect, a very excited Tom and Stephen. Hello, gents. Hello. Yes. That's Tom. Just after he's seen Night of the Doctor. I'll tell you what, guys, let's not have any preamble. Tom, it sounds like you're salivating, so (laughs) Night of the Doctor. What did you think of it? It has been the case over the last few years where I have looked with amused detachment at some of the people who squee. I don't know if you know this phrase, squee. Um, Only recently, actually. Okay. But yes, I do know what it means. Okay, squee. S-Q-U-E-E. At uh, events that take place in popular media. Um, it is the state of being able to, of not being able to contain oneself at the input that one is receiving from a television screen. And I thought, how interesting and and amusing. Because I am now in my late 30s, I thought, do you know what? I remember those days when I was made incredibly enthusiastic by things. I still get that from music in a huge space, but I never thought I'd get it from Doctor Who again. I sat here and pounded on the desk and screamed and cried and shouted because I saw (laughs) Paul McGann as Doctor Who. As Doctor Who on my screen, not... Oh my goodness! So I, I I couldn't believe it. Thank you, Stephen Moffat. Amazing. <laughs> when Paul McGann walked on, the, uh, sort of came on camera and said, "Well, I'm the Doctor, but not the one you're expecting." Of course, he was talking to the audience. But the only other time I've seen that was with George Lazenby being James Bond and coming out to the camera and saying, "Well, this never happened to the other fella." Yeah, and it's really strange because they seem to gear up to that opening line, so it hit the audience with a strength of the tsunami and a hurricane all rolled into one however the vast majority of people would have been watching this using bbc iplayer mm. and and the image that you had to click on to play it was that of paul mcgann so i had um, <laughs> i was watching this or i was going to watch this with with michelle she's here in the uk at the moment hey! and so sadly i was i was spoiled i i saw on my twitter feeds that uh, paul mcgann was back so i i knew what it was going to be but i protected michelle i just said don't <laughs> don't look at your phone don't look at Twitter. Don't do anything. We'll, we'll drive home. We, we, we've gone to see David Tennant in um, Richard II in Stratford. Cool. And I logged onto the computer, sat her down. She seriously had no idea what was going on. And the landing page had a picture of Paul McGann. And yes, of course, she jumped out of her skin and started doing Tigger impressions. But <laughs> the line you just talked about, Tom... Mm. You know, it had a different impact on her because she'd already seen the fact that McGann was back. I was spoiled as well. I, it was 6.30 in the morning here, mm-hmm. uh, getting up to go to work. I roll over, grab my phone, and there's a there's a Twitter message right on my phone. Paul McGann has regenerated and is John Hurt. Oh. <laughs> and so it was spoiled for me. Man. But as soon as I hit play and he said that line, I was still punching the air. Oh, I was yeah. I was 
oh, it was just, it was perfect. It was so wonderful to finally see Paul McGann. And, and he, ah, oh, he just, he didn't miss a beat. No. He was the doctor as soon as he showed up. You know, and this is something I had been, I had been hoping was going to happen for the 50th anniversary. And, and I had you know, read lots of rumors online. People were talking about it. And then people were saying, no, it's not happening. Yes, it is happening. And McGann was saying he wasn't doing it. <laughs> I know, well, I know exactly, exactly. Well, I well did he? Did he really? I I heard him say at the BFI, "I am not in the fiftieth anniversary story." Right. As far as we know, that is that is the case. Mm, right. Saying. But but I think that all bets are off. I mean, I think that they've all been lying. Everyone has been lying to us for months and months and months. We have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, more more on that later. But anyway, I was firmly in the camp that this is going to happen. This is the perfect time for this to happen. It has to happen. And so when it did, I was just. I, I, I couldn't have been more elated. I, I, I love Paul McGann. He was really fantastic. So Yeah, and I think yeah. Paul McGann is the only audio doctor that you listen to regularly as well. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I've been doing that for years. And do you know what? It was exactly the same character. It was as if my eighth doctor that I've been listening to for the last 10 years, all of a sudden, he's on my telly. Yep. And I was punching yep. the air as well. It was amazing. When he screamed, get out, that was it. Yeah. That was like, this is, it, it felt, exactly, and I felt the same way. This is the audio, eighth, this is the eighth doctor that I've been listening to in the audios. He he has not missed a beat. Obviously, him practicing uh, or playing that part, not practicing, but playing that part in the audios, he just translated it because he's an actor and he's a fantastic actor. If, if you're listening to this and you're not a fan of Big Finish, you may, be a, you may have, maybe were confused by uh, these references to Charlie, Keres, Lucy, Tamsin and Molly. But here's the thing, as, as, as both James and Stephen are saying, each one of those companions have been playing against this actor for the last decade. There are huge arcs of Doctor Who taking place in a, in a universe unseen, perhaps, and you may want to discover those. <laughs> First of all, the reaction on Twitter mm. after this went out, everybody was saying, oh my goodness, which Big Finish plays do I need to go and listen to? Good now? on them. Yeah. So hopefully uh, Big Finish's servers have crashed now. And secondly, it felt like I got the head start on a lot of people who decided not to listen to audios uh, because, of course, this this added an extra layer. Being a fan of Big Finish added an extra layer of enjoyment to, uh, to what we saw yesterday. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say I certainly squeed when I when I heard Charlie and Lucy's mm. names. Oh, but, me too. I'm uh, never going to use the word squee. I'm sorry. I only just learnt what it meant. So <laughs> I'm still not going to use it. Um, but one thing I do want to ask you guys: Does this <laughs> does this legitimize Big Finish or the Eighth Doctor range as canon? Now he says, running from the room. That material, that material was always canonical. It was only the people. Um, so I, I don't want to make any distinctions. But for me, that material was always canonical and. For the last, uh, for the last, well, for the, for the last week, up until yesterday, which has made it even better, I've been listening to uh, Sheridan Smith and Paul McGann doing the Eighth Doctor and Lucy and Lucy Miller. So, <laughs> so to hear to, to to see your man in, the, in his costume and to hear him say her name was like, oh, but this is too good. The the show has started to celebrate in a huge way, and there are a few things about this. Nobody knew that Paul McGann was back. Good. I'm glad nobody knew. If you go onto certain forums, there's a sense of entitlement to know about this, and that oh, we should they should be telling us. No, they shouldn't. I I would not have had yesterday's excitement spoiled for anything. And to be honest with you, I feel I got to it quite early. Should we should we discuss the thing itself? 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm over the moon that um, things like the Sisterhood of Khan is is back as well. And mm. as I said, I, I normally would have been watching something like this with uh, with either my wife, who I then would have to explain all of the continuity references to. Mm. And, and to be fair, she'd look at me and she simply wouldn't care. <laughs> She's not interested. Mm. But because I had Michelle there, we both looked at each other and did a, a James T. Kirk impression by just shouting. Khan! <laughs> we just looked at each other and we knew. <laughs> we, we knew what we were talking about. Perfect. So that, that was absolutely stunning as well. I think what's amazing here, so with the 50th and, and, and what's what's great about this this uh, little mini-sode, whatever you want to call it, this just it reinforces the fact that Stephen Moffat is as big of a fan as the rest right. of us. This was, this, was, this was him saying, you know, I'm bringing in the sisterhood of the the car and bringing back Paul McGann because he wanted to see the regeneration of Paul yep. McGann into John Hurt and knowing that, that he, he wanted that to be on screen. Everyone is so concerned about the 50th and about it not paying tribute to the past 50 years yeah. and about Stephen Moffat setting up the next 50 years and people need to stop. The man is as big of a fan as the rest of us. He's making the Doctor Who that he wants to see on television mm-hmm. and that's what he, that this is exactly what it is, uh, what this what this little episode was um, and, and I love him for it and, and it in all of the references and and you know I, I was so excited you know when when the big finish got uh, companions got mentioned because Moffat has said that the that the eighth doctor big finish audios he's a fan of yeah. you know he listens to them yeah. so it's all right there you know uh, it's, it's, well I, I I so hope that we haven't seen the last of Paul McGann because it's a uh, do you know the, the the feeling that I experienced and I'm still experiencing now because um as we're recording it only went online yesterday so I'm still euphoric about it but the feeling is very similar to that when it was announced or confirmed that the missing episodes have been recovered because we've oh, got yeah. new old Doctor Who and and Paul McGann I mean you, you mentioned it earlier Stephen and you are so right he is on the money instantly it's as though he hasn't been away since since 1996 he knows that character inside out and he was utterly utterly my doctor just as legitimate a doctor as any of the other incarnations mm. Well, the BBC put up a blog post today saying um, how happy and excited they are that the people have responded so well (laughs) to this episode and that they were that they're actually shocked. So I saw one forum post saying that they were actually taken aback by um, by the reception. They didn't expect it to be as popular as it is. And they are actually considering the possibility of more McGann in the future. And they they should. Oh, you bet. But what is it about the BBC or anybody who organizes anything? Thing remotely Doctor Who related, they simply are unprepared for the response. I mean, you've, you're guaranteed to get websites crashing uh, for organisations that sell tickets. The crowd surge websites who are organising the XL celebrations simply underestimated the amount of people trying to buy tickets. And you know, how can the BBC be shocked by this? I mean, Doctor Who fans have been around for a long time. Yeah. Rabid Doctor Who fans have been around for a long time. Yeah. There is gonna be a demand for this kind of stuff. And here he is at last. The man to end it all. My sisters, the doctor has returned to Khan. We have always known in our bones that one day he would return here. Such a pity he's dead. 
Khan, the Sisterhood of Khan. We first meet them in the brain of Morbius in 1976. Now, but here's a thing that which might be a little bit more difficult to explain. Why is it entirely appropriate that we have John Hurt introduced in th- on Khan with the Sisterhood? Um, maybe, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is obvious, but maybe it's not, so I want to ask you the question. Why is it incredibly appropriate that the Sisterhood of Khan should introduce John Hurt? The War Doctor. I have no, I have absolutely no idea. All right, so okay, so let me lead you to it. In the brain of Morbius, there is a battle that takes place between the Doctor and Morbius, a renegade Time Lord. And what comes out of that battle? Oh, uh, that again. Okay, so you see these strange and disputed regenerations of the Doctor, or it could be Morbius. But, yeah, yeah, precisely. But yeah. you have these images of someone who is who might be the Doctor or who might be Morbius, and then here we are in 2013 in the show which introduces the John Hurt War Doctor, another problematic regeneration of the Doctor. So, that, so we can definitely say this show is being made by fans of the show for fans of the show. So all this wonderful stuff is in there if you want to pick it out. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And it does actually make sense as well. I mean, Ooh. if you remember the opening to the Brain of Morbius... The ship's graveyard! Now, okay. Yeah, uh, ships were crashing, wasn't they? I was mm. just wondering whether or not I was confusing that with Horror of Fang Rock no. for some reason. Yeah, the, the opening was a spaceship mm-hmm. crashing. Mm. Um, and also, because of this elixir of life, essentially instigated the Doctor's regeneration is going to be slightly artificial this time Mm. so are we looking at the reason why the doctor will continue beyond his 12 allotted regenerations you know there's there's so much that the way this seven minutes was told Mm -hmm. could impact future doctor who and you know what Stephen Moffat is doing the right thing because here we are excited excited men talking about doctor who's like oh my god look all these possibilities Well, I, I think the Sisterhood of Khan as well is something else that's been introduced in Big Finish, again, in the Eighth Doctor yep. reign. So if it is canonical, then it, it, this could actually be the Doctor's third visit. If Big Finish is canonical or Eighth Doctor range, this is the third visit to to Khan. Mm. And again, Morbius <laughs> returned in Big Finish mm. as well. So something I'm going to go back and look at or listen to now is the finale. I think it's the season, the third season of McGann. Yep. Story. I can't remember now. Yep. But it's a two-parter written by Nicholas Briggs that is, is a superb set of stories in their own right. You, you know, But now it may actually be part of a larger jigsaw that I can uh, I can put together. So I'm a very, very happy fan. You know. <laughs> so. things like the green regeneration energy um, may come to be more important because you know if you're making television worth a couple of million pounds uh, over 10 minutes then you're not going to waste effects like that so these things will probably become more more and more important um but i think as well as as clearly as things are telegraphed um there's also there are also elements of things being told in a, in a more subtle way perhaps but sorry i'm just going back to being a, being a four-year-old child <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and, and therefore, I think this little seven-minute <laughs> episode has probably met one of its objectives: is to, is to make people in, you know, in their late thirties, early forties, mm. you know, go that high in pitch. I don't think my voice could do that. But, <laughs> uh, but there you go. But let, let, let's just talk about the um, the resolution that's given to us here: the resolution mm. to the quandary raised in the name of the Doctor. Mm. We now know who John Hurt 
Doctor is. He is the incarnation that Paul McGann regenerates into. So, mm. how do we continue <laughs> to number our Doctors accordingly? Do we just say Incredibly easily. Eight, 9, War, 10, 11, 12? Yes, that's exactly why. Right. It's just like, you know, if you've got your roads, Route 1, Route 2, Route 3, and then if you've got an offshoot of Route 1, it's like <laughs> 1A, you know, 2B, things like that. So that's just the same way. He is not... The Doctor. He is for me. He is for me. He's the same man. I mean, ultimately, if I, for instance, was going to do something totally out of character for me, I knew I needed to for some reason, and I think, right, okay, I'm no longer James, I'm going to become Bert. Mm-hmm. I can then put on a disguise, put a large floppy hat on, and go out and do whatever it is that Bert needs to do, and come back and say, well, it wasn't the same person, it was Bert. So it's it may be necessary, but I'm still the same person. Are we just basically saying the Doctor is self-deluded? And, and Tom, this is something you've said time and time again over the years. The Doctor is not a big fan of his own personality. Uh, no. th- th- there are times in, in stories where he's very introspective, and it's very clear that he doesn't like himself. I mean, you think back to the God Complex when he opened the door with number 11 on it. I mean, he's bound to have seen John Hurt now. <laughs> I think that's what we yeah, can, we think we, that we can yeah. retcon, that certainly. But that's that's just saying that he doesn't like himself and this whole denial business, it's like, get over yourself. He is you. Yes, you may have had a, I don't know, an injection of whatever it is to make him warrior-like to to ends two races but fundamentally he did it knowingly he he is still the doctor to me perhaps this is the lesson if if such a lesson can be learned from a, a science fantasy show that you have to be a different person sometimes to do the things that you think are right yeah with uh, some assistance on this occasion because the the elixir or whatever it was the uh, the flame augments what we assume is a natural process and, and gives the control I, I think in this case he had no I think in this case it wasn't even augmenting it he he was dead and so no, and they true. brought him back yep. to life and they he yep. was either he was either he was either choose, choose an elixir or not or just give up altogether so but the, but this elixir enabled him to choose whether he yeah. was going to be male or female or fat or thin etc and I don't think that's going to be as controversial as a, a natural regeneration into <laughs> yeah, a female because you you've kind of got yeah. a get out here because he's on drugs at the same time um, but yes yep. he, he was dead uh, allegedly he was dead I mean it depends whether you take those comments as fact was the the sister of Khan was she absolutely accurate or did she was she mistaken you know just because it's in dialogue and a character's dialogue doesn't necessarily yeah. make it so or, or, or true within the fiction of the show fast or strong wise or angry what do you need now warrior warrior I don't suppose there's any need for a doctor anymore make me a warrior now. I took the liberty of preparing this one myself. Get out. Get out! All of you. Will it hurt? Yes. Good. Charlie, Carries, Lucy, Tams, and Molly. Friends, companions, I've known I salute you. And Cass... I apologize. Physician, heal thyself. Do you think Paul McGann was written 
that way, or do you think it was, or was it just like these are just doctorish lines and the actor imposes his doctor on them? I mean, can you see any other doctor saying that stuff about the ship crashes from the front? Think it through. <laughs> it's brilliant. That's a doctorish line. But can you see anyone else saying that? I I think I think it's a bit of both, Tom. I, I I think I would say it's a bit of both. I mean, Stephen mentioned earlier where McGann shouted, where he said, "Get out, get out." Yeah, yeah, now yeah, that yeah. was written for McGann. That's that's Ooh. someone who's listened to an angry Eighth Doctor on audio. And mm. they've just written those lines because I can't. I mean, could you see Davison shouting like that? No. You know, it, 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 that's an Eighth Doctor line. Whereas the one that you just mentioned, the quip at the beginning, is probably mm. slightly more indicative of Stephen Moffat's writing. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would yeah, I would. I would totally agree with that. I think that, you know, I mean, Moffat always says it's easy to write the Doctor because he just writes the Doctor, and 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 they sort of, you know, bring their own interpretation to it. But uh, yeah, that yelling line was one hundred percent. Uh, McGann. It was. I mean, I, I know Moffat says that. I, I think he probably tries to well, to deceive a little bit. I, I think you do end up writing for the actor who's playing. And, and he's he's certainly ended up writing for Matt Smith of late. I mean, you, you compare some of the stuff. I mean, we, we're going to be talking, or Ian's going to be talking, about the science of Doctor Who. And that, that was on television, as we recalled last night. And that had some specially recorded skits. Uh, some dialogue between Matt Smith and Brian Cox. And you look at the dialogue that came out of the Doctor's mouth there and then compare it to the 11th hour or the beast below. It, it's different. You, you could imagine Tennant saying a lot of the lines in the early Matt Smith episodes, but the skits yesterday were absolutely written for Matt Smith. Yeah, okay, I hear you. I hear you. This is my complaint about Genesis the Daleks. It's a poetry story with Tom, <laughs> with Tom Baker in it. And mm. um, it's, it's kind of written for him. Gentlemen, um, what did you make of the X-Doctor's final words? Physician, heal thyself. Sh- should I explain what they mean and where they come from? Well, I think there's a passage in Luke's <laughs> Gospel, isn't there? Good lad. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, it's, it's Luke Luke chapter 4, verse 23. Physician, heal thyself. Um, but, but these words, uh, which are passed into Latin as well, of course, um, refer to the idea of healer. Before you attempt to heal those around you, make sure that you have healed. Your- Look after yourself first. How how effective as a healer can you be if you yourself are flawed? And how useful this is when we think of um, the Christopher Eccleston uh, incarnation of the Doctor, who was clearly fatally flawed. We think and we think of David uh, David Tennant as well, and his flaws, which come to prominence certainly in things like the Waters of Mars. But the, but here is a character who is saying, "I am a Doctor. I have to. I have to. Look, I believe that it is my role to look after the world. But I myself am fatally flawed, and here is the evocation of that. Um, there is in literature and in, and even in science the uh, the paradox of the wounded healer." Um, which I think works very well for this particular generation of the Doctor. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Nah. <laughs> or, I, or I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it's difficult to know, and I have to admit, I'll, I'll, I'll say up front, I, I missed those those words. Uh, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd heard him say something under his breath, but I haven't gone back to try and listen to what they were. I, I, I'm well, not surprised in the slightest that Moffat has put something cryptic 
uh, as the mm. last words because he knows fans will analyse Doctor's first and last words and so on. Oh yeah, but uh, but yeah, but I, I'm sure they will be relevant in some way. And I, I agree. And I hate to be the the guy who says what I'm about to say, but it's sort of. I think sometimes Moffat is just being clever, and like you said, people are going to analyze it, and it probably doesn't mean anything. And it's just, <laughs> it's just this great quote. And it was a, it was a great quote. It were, they were fantastic last words, right? Mm. I mean, because they're just so. People have heard this this quote so many times in their lives. They were just, they were good last words. But I, I, I'm going to not read too much into it. <laughs> I, I just think he's probably thinking, okay, Russell T Davis, I don't want to go. I can do slightly better than that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I think I think the better line, the better line, um, just because it was so obvious, oh. was "Will it hurt?" Yeah, with the double meeting there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, okay, will it hurt? Yeah, and 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 and, and the sisters and and uh, Ahila says yes. But what gets me got me that for 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 McGann was mm. good. Yeah. So he knew he knew exactly what he was going to do, and he was going to do it anyway. He'd he'd made his call. So uh, in in a way. The John Hurt Doctor, the War Doctor, was born because of the Eighth Doctor's decisions. So, you know, for everything, what it, look, it, it looks as though in the Day of the Doctor, we're going to find out that the rest of the incarnations hold John Hurt responsible for whatever atrocities he uh, commits in, in the Time War. But mm, it, it looks like it's, it, it's all eight, really. But uh, I, I think that's probably quite a good place, actually, to, to, to just round off and say, I think it's very very apparent uh, given the fact that the actual episode itself or the mini episode is only seven minutes long and we've been talking for half an hour about <laughs> the, the, the three of us enjoyed it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it it's on the BBC Doctor Who website we don't know how long it's going to be up there for but uh, but go and grab it go and look at it if you haven't seen it yet then why are you still listening to this it, it's an amazing piece of Doctor Who and given that the show has been back since 2005 now I think I can say those are I, I don't think there's a better seven minutes or another seven minutes that I've enjoyed quite as much anyway as I said earlier the science of Doctor Who was on last night which was essentially a lecture uh, given by Professor Brian Cox that's Professor not the actor Brian Cox for those of you outside of the UK and may not be familiar with uh, with the professor and they started looking at whether or not some of the things we see in Doctor Who are actually possible or will ever be possible and Ian and his son spent some time watching it and this is what they thought. Hello, I'm here with Alex. Say hello, Alex. Hello. And we've just finished watching The Science of Doctor Who with Professor Brian Cox. This was a rather interesting programme based on the format of the Royal Institution Christmas Lectures. For those who perhaps don't know, the Royal Institution is a London-based science academy, a very old and prestigious one, it's been going for hundreds of years. And every Christmas they do a series of lectures on various scientific topics, which are often televised, where they try and make science accessible and fun to people, and it's something that I've enjoyed watching in the past. This particular one was done by Professor Brian Cox of Wonders of the Universe and Wonders of the Solar System fame, uh, who also appeared, of course, in Doctor Who. And the premise was that he was looking at some of the scientific principles that we see in Doctor Who and actually comparing them to science as we understand it and seeing how uh, realistic they may be. And it also had a series of uh, brief clips from the Doctor and uh, various of uh, demonstrations with uh, some celebrities from the audience to demonstrate the concepts. That is impossible. Naughty by Brian. Two P in the swear box, please. 
Space and time, time and space, locked in an intricate dance across the cosmos. And if you know the tune, anything is possible. I was going for poetry. Forgot you were a physicist. So Alex, did you enjoy the science of Doctor Who? Yes, I enjoyed it very much. How did you find the actual science that he was explaining? Did you understand it? It was getting very confusing at the end. Mm-hmm. Which bits did you find the most confusing? Um, when he was talking about the clocks and the... Um... The light cones and the event horizons? Yes. Yes. That was talking about black holes and event horizons and the theory of relativity with Rufus Hound being thrown into a black hole and turned into spaghetti. Um, it's worth pointing out that, that the science on display in this is quite dense and involved. Uh, you're talking Einstein's theory of relativity, uh, bending space-time, some pretty heavy concepts. And to be honest, if you're not the kind of person who enjoys that sort of science, and I have to admit that I do, uh, it is quite heavy going. Professor Brian Cox does make it quite accessible. Uh, that, that's his skill. But it's, it's not sort of a your Doctor Who confidential style life fluff. What did you think of the uh, piece on aliens, Ellie? That was less confusing. I do think there could be life out there because there's so many planets that are like Earth. Um, at least one of them should hold life. And what was he saying about that, though? Because there was a famous scientist who talked about that and he was explaining his theory. Um, we probably haven't seen aliens it- because they they would be so far away. Also, the aliens could just be starting off, like they could be walking around with clubs or something. So as well as the science pieces, we also had a few clips with Professor Brian Cox and the 11th Doctor in the TARDIS. In fact, how did the programme start out, Alex? Um, it started out when um, Professor Brian Cox was going to go to his makeup department, but then he actually went into the TARDIS, which had a sign saying Professor Brian Cox's makeup department. You're not the makeup artist. Sharp! I can see why you got that fellowship. And all through the programme, there were brief clips with uh, Professor Cox in the TARDIS with the and, 11th Doctor. And that introduced the questions, like, are there aliens out there? And th- they were a lot of fun, and a lot more accessible, especially, I think, to a younger audience than perhaps the, the, the hardcore science. And I think what was very nice about this is it ended on a coda that the point of this is to try and inspire people and to try and inspire particularly children to look at science and physics in a different way and see some of that wonder that that Professor Cox always sees. Um, And indeed that the Doctor speaks to that as well. Did did you feel inspired by any of this, Alex? Um, I did actually get quite inspired, but then it did get really confusing and I just didn't really understand it much. Do you think you'd like to learn more in the future? Yes. In that case, I think it's served its purpose. So a fun show, but a show that should be seen in the context of being a Royal Institution lecture rather than necessarily a Doctor Who piece. So if you like that kind of thing, you'll love this. So what was this all about then? Just taking me on a tour of the wonders of the universe? Ah, well, there's someone in your audience today. Just an ordinary kid, so high, sad eyes. Look out for her. Someone who loves to think about why the sky is blue and how bees can hover like helicopters. But after today, she stops being ordinary. She grows up to be extraordinary, a woman who changes the world. And all she needed was a nudge from you, eh, today.
right now. That Brian Cox special sounds fantastic. I'm actually, uh, it doesn't air here in the States until like the day before I leave for the UK. So hopefully I'll actually get uh, to see it. Um, but, uh, but right now, uh, there's bigger, there's a bigger thing coming. We all know in uh, in just a few days from when uh, people are hearing this, we will uh, we will be watching the day of the Doctor. What are we looking forward to? I mean, we don't know anything about this episode, so guys, what what are you guys looking forward to? Oh well, th- th- there's two things for me. One, this is the thing that I'm looking forward to the most about the 50th anniversary is the actual celebratory episode itself. All of the other stuff is wonderful, and I'm glad. Certainly, the last couple of weeks, Doctor Who has been in national news. It's been all over the television. That, that that's fantastic. But the thing that I really want is a really good story for the anniversary i'm going to be seeing it at the british film institute on the south bank and straight after that the the bbc3 after show party is going to be broadcast from the south bank of the thames so i'm going to be going looking for for matt smith so that should be should be quite fun so the whole event i'm looking forward to the most i think that's my my answer i've said it before and i'll say it again i know that there are people who love their sports um, and they support their football team and when they win it's, they're related when they draw they're not so great when they when they lose they're absolutely depressed um, the space in my head which is reserved for uh, Doctor Who is the same as that for sports but this game has been playing for 50 years do you know what I know it's just a TV show and I know it's just spurious and I know it's just ephemeral but happiness for human beings is built on more fragile things than this <laughs> how are you seeing it tom are you watching it at home or the cinema i'm going to be watching it with a very close friend my and his partner and my very lovely partner as well and we'll be and, and so we'll be a, a room full of doctor who well two doctor who friends and their long-suffering partners so. yes exactly in in, in 3d you'll um you can be watching it in 3d no no, no. well we, we, we might be watching it in 4d because we'd have we're having wine and cheese as well <laughs> yeah so we'll okay see. Stephen, how, how about you though? How how are you going to be be celebrating this? Where are you going to be watching the uh, the, the episode? So I've planned an entire holiday around the Doctor Who fiftieth anniversary. So, um, in in just about four days, I'll be hopping a plane over to England, uh, and uh, I will be at I will be attending the celebration at the Excel on the on the Saturday, and uh, I have tickets to see it. Um, I have tickets to see the 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 episode in a theater um, uh, in three D uh, that evening. Uh, and uh, and then you know parties and and uh, I'm going to go to the DWE the, the day before and uh, I've got my costumes at the ready. Uh, it's just going to be I, oh. I, I, I'm just so excited. So um, just everything you know everything that's happening and, and uh, hopefully getting to say hi to Matt once again uh, at some point and things like that. It's just yeah. I know I've invested a lot of time and a lot of mental power in this show, um, but seven minutes was like well this is a hell of a return. Um, so it's gonna be inter- it will be interesting to hear what return you have received for this huge investment that you're making. Oh, I'm not looking for uh, uh, it's not an investment. I mean, it, for me, it is. For me, I love Doctor Who, and uh, well, quite. And, and my girlfriend, my girlfriend loves Doctor Who, and and um, we're taking a holiday together. We're gonna just have fun, just be together and have <sighs> fun, and and that's all that matters to me. And and I'm sure in my review of the day of the Doctor, I'll be eating my tail a bit over things, but um, I know I'm going to. And, uh, <laughs> I know I'm going to enjoy it, uh, and uh, and I'm going to enjoy every minute that I'm over there in England, and that's all that matters. Oh, I, and I think that sounds fantastic, because as I say, currently Michelle is here as well, and she's done exactly the same. She's planned a holiday around the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, and, and what other show can, can, can do that? I mean, essentially, there's going to be, you know, th- this episode of Doctor Who is going to be shown 
in cinemas, theatres around the world at the same time. And, and that simply has never been done before. And I think it's going to be highly unlikely uh, to ever happen again. So uh, I, I think that um, that really sums it up. And the, 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 the community that the show is able to generate. I mean, Stephen, you, you referred earlier to your review of Day of the Doctor. That would be something that we're going to be doing in person outside probably the XL somewhere in East London. And uh, who, who'd have thought that, you know, one, one year ago? That's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. How has this happened? Um, so here is an international podcast of people of great inte- uh, specific intelligence <laughs> being drawn up. No, the great intelligence is not quite so of, of specific intelligence um, and focus um, being drawn across the planet to celebrate the show. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's, it's extremely exciting. It's been a very exciting week for Doctor Who full stop, I think. It's going to be a very exciting week for you listeners as well, because we're going to be having three episodes this week. This is the first. There's going to be another episode online tomorrow evening, straight after An Adventure in Space and Time transmits on, on BBC Two. I'll be back with Ian, Laura and Tony to review that particular celebratory programme. And then hopefully on the Sunday, possibly on the Monday after... Day of the Doctor airs on BBC One, you'll have a collection, we're not quite sure who yet, but you'll have a collection of people giving their opinion on that particular episode. So yeah, fun starts here on in, it's going to be an exciting second half of this week of that, I am certain. Tom, Stephen, it's been fantastic talking to you, I'm now really excited, I have to say, (laughs) for what's coming up over the next week or so. But listeners, we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye for now. Bye guys. Take it easy. You've been listening to the Doctor Who podcast, waving the flag for the return of Paul McGann to Doctor Who since 1996. Along for the ride with James, Tom and Stephen. You can listen to more episodes of the show at thedoctorwhopodcast.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook or drop by the Doctor Who podcast forums and say how awesome Paul McGann is. He really is, isn't he? Thanks for listening. See you later.